Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Trick Talks. My name is Barbara Lally and today we are going to speak to Anila. So we're going to give her a few moments to log in and join the live and then we will get started. I see her. Hello. Hello. It's so good to see you. Nice to see you too. Thank you for coming. Thank you. I am remiss in setting up a tripod. <laughs> so sorry about that. My kids just got home and it's been a little chaos. So sorry. But that's okay. We're still going to have a great convo and that's all that matters. I hope you're doing yeah. well. Thank you. I am. Are you ready to get started? I'm ready. I'm ready. Perfect. So can you give us a little bit of background on your trick when you started? where you pulled from, things like that. Yeah, totally. So it's, you know, I don't know exactly when it started. It was definitely around puberty, um, 10, 11, 12 years old. And I started pulling, I started pulling pubic hairs. And then I started pulling my eyebrows and eyelashes. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, I just sort of started pulling and I would play, you know, like when people would pull a flower and say, he loves me, he loves me not. That's kind mm -hmm. of what I would do when I would pull mm -hmm. and kind of count the hairs. And then in high school, my father fell sick with cancer. And that's when it really became like this thing for me where mm -hmm. it um, became a coping mechanism for all of that stress. Mm -hmm. And then it became something that I needed to hide and something that I needed to make sure no one else knew about. And so I would use a black eye pencil to cover up the um, the missing eyebrows and the missing eyelashes. And then just that became, that became the norm. That became mm -hmm. just part of my morning routine and making sure no one could find out. And then mm -hmm. that's in my 20s, after a really bad breakup, I finally mm -hmm. Googled why am I pulling out my hair? Because it had gotten so bad by then. And that's when mm -hmm. I found out the word trichotillomania. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was very scary to like kind of be revealed that oh this is something that other people had I mean it was also kind of a blessing because it was I wasn't weird anymore I was there wasn't mm -hmm. something wrong with me in that way like it was it was something that um other people had too and that there was uh at the time it was called the trichotillomania learning center and so that's the resource that I found and now it's a huge community now it's TLC foundation for body focused repetitive behaviors and you know, just started being on their newsletter and trying to understand what it was. And it still took me a long time to really face that, face mm -hmm. that, that what it is and how it appears in my life and the cycle of it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I started just puberty, sh childhood stress, this feeling mm -hmm. of shame and not really um, wanting other people to know. Mm -hmm. So now you're very, you know, outspoken about trick. You have an amazing <laughs> which we'll talk about and you yeah. also had a TED talk where you spoke about it openly in front of like you know 100 people yeah what was that transition for you getting to the point where I'm going to start sharing because you said you didn't want to tell people at all yeah so can you talk about that yeah so a few years ago I was still pulling um my trick is definitely tied to stress as well as hormones 
Um, so puberty started in puberty, but then also through my both my pregnancies, my pulling was kind of through the roof. And one day during my, I actually can't remember if it was post-pregnancy or during the first pregnancy, but mm. I had pulled so badly the night before that in the morning I got up and, you know, berated myself. What did you do, Anila? Like, what is wrong with you? All the same stuff that we all talk negative, you know, mm-hmm. things that we would never say to anyone else, right? Right. Um, and I was going into the bathroom to get my black eye pencil and my husband, Samir, who at that point was my husband for three years and we've been dating for years before that, uh, mm-hmm. was like, where are your eyebrows? Like, he looked at me like, what, what is happening? What is going on here? And that mm-hmm. was the moment where I finally shared my secret. So, you know, 25, 20-ish year secret mm-hmm. with the man that I promised in sickness and in health to share everything. So at this mm-hmm. point, I knew that it was a mental health condition, but I wasn't accepting of that or trying to get help for it mm-hmm. and I shared with him I I you know I said I, I pulled I pulled out my hair um mm-hmm. and almost kind of accepted that blame in in that way that language that I used mm-hmm. and for him he really just wanted to understand why I never shared with him before mm-hmm. so he took to the internet to try to research and understand better uh the shame around it mm-hmm. and then that was kind of the first time that I shared the secret. And that was the release that was Mm -hmm. letting the baggage drop. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it is the secret making us sick, the effort that I put into hiding and wondering, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm in a business meeting, and are they looking at me because Mm -hmm. I have something important to say? Or are they looking at me because they're trying to figure out what's wrong with my face, you know, like, Mm -hmm. especially with eyelashes, people can't quite tell that they're missing but can definitely Mm -hmm. but there's just like this instinct feeling that oh something is wrong with the face but I can't put my Mm -hmm. finger on it so you're always sitting in those meetings wondering are they listening to me because I have something to say or are they listening to me or looking at me because they're trying to figure it out and so Mm -hmm. slowly starting to kind of shed that shame and that fear of our people you know, thinking badly of me or, um, you know, thinking about me pulling as, and, and then equating that to, oh, she can't, she's doing that. Like she's, you know, the same thoughts that I'm feeling, right? Because I pull, mm-hmm. I'm not good enough is what the story mm-hmm. I think we all probably tell ourselves, um, mm-hmm. but it's false. <laughs> and right. so that was the start, just sharing with Samir, my husband, and then a few weeks later, we're sitting on the couch and I'm pulling and he just gently grabs my hand. And that's kind of the moment where kind of we had this aha. And that's sort of the other reason I decided I have to share if if we're going to like even try to create this thing. Like I, we can't mm-hmm. do it on our own and we need to share the idea, share the problem to help build the team and to help get um, like community support. Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned that you, you know, you didn't share with anyone. Were there ever times where someone asked you, hey, what, besides your husband, maybe like noticing, you know, the missing eyelashes or anything, did you ever have like that confrontation with anyone besides him? No, it's really strange. I actually had um, one friend actually would always compliment me on my eyebrows <laughs> and say, oh my God, your eyebrows are so pretty. And I'd just, just like look down and be like, thank you because she didn't know that I was drawing Mm -hmm. them in you know filling in the gaps Mm -hmm. um so it's funny in that way where you think 
that they're looking at you because they see something wrong with you. But mm-hmm. the reality is we're all worried about what other people mm-hmm. are thinking about us. And they're, we're all seeing each other in like a shining light, right? Like mm-hmm. our friends and stuff. We don't, we don't look at them and say, oh, their shirt is wrong or this is wrong. We say, oh, that's a cool shirt. You know, you find the good. Mm-hmm. Right. But we have this such fear inside us that people are looking for the bad because maybe it's because we're looking for the bad. Mm-hmm. And how do we how do we retrain that? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about habit aware and keen. And so you yeah. mentioned that it started with your husband, you know, kind of pulling your hand away and saying, "Okay, can you walk us through the process of like how how it felt or how maybe how long it took for you to." get this idea and get it up and running and kind of that whole process of making this bracelet that is so incredibly important. Yeah, yeah. So the idea for Habit Aware Keen came up, you know, we're sitting on the couch, we're watching TV, I'm pulling, he gently grabs my hand. And the interesting thing is even when we were dating, I thought he knew because we would sit on the couch, watch TV, I would be pulling and he would gently Mm -hmm. grab my hand and I actually asked him a few, you know, a few years into into this process he's like no I had no idea I just wanted to hold your hand like I always thought that that was just so sweet and so um like so loving that that I I actually really thought he knew um but yeah that was sort of the impetus the moment where you know he gently grabbed my hand after knowing and then really resisted the urge to punch him because it's really hard when someone else tells you, hey, don't do that, right? Like, mm-hmm. stop what you're doing. I I see you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that gave us the idea for what if we had a device that can be that gentle reminder, that hug mm-hmm. on the wrist that will say, hey, your hands are not where you want them to be. Mm-hmm. Now use this cue to take care of yourself, right? Because ultimately mm-hmm. BFRBs, they by definition, they are self-soothing mechanisms where our our brain is using its body mm-hmm. to self-soothe, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's very deeply ingrained in the biology and in the chemistry of our brain that it's not a choice. It's just happening automatically in the same way that a uh, body processes insulin or pumps blood through the through the system, right? Mm-hmm. It's a system, and so how do we break that system? We break it with the power of the awareness that you build from the vibration and then shifting it from that automatic behavior to a choice mm-hmm. where you can allow yourself to keep pulling and acknowledge, okay, I'm, or you can acknowledge and say, okay, I'm stressed right now or I'm bored right now and let me take care of me. Let me use mm-hmm. that as the signal. My brain is seeking soothing, so let me use that as the signal to give it healthy soothing, to give it mm-hmm. a healthy coping mechanism. And so mm-hmm. that it it starts looking for that instead. Mm-hmm. Now so, this is your, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, 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 go ahead. So this is the second generation of Keen that's coming out now. Yeah. I ordered the lilac, so I'm very excited. I oh, got yeah. today. You know, the shipping's coming, so I'm like so yeah. excited. But what were some of the, um, you know, challenges in creating this device? Oh, yeah. So this was all probably 2014-ish. So now we're 2021. So I'm doing my math right. It's been seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, it took us three years to get to market. The, the first, you know, it was fits and spurts. The, the first challenge was building the team. Can we find the right people that are as passionate as we are and have the technical competence 
to help us build this. Mm-hmm. And so I had to get over sharing my mental health secret mm-hmm. as well as my startup secret, <laughs> right? Because mm-hmm. in the startup world, it's, you know, don't give it away. Someone will steal the idea, whatever, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But um, living here in Minneapolis, we had moved here a few years prior. And just the way that we made friends, I was working in, in uh, advertising at the time and doing a lot of digital advertising. So I really mm-hmm. wanted to get into what's the hot new technologies. And so we started going to tech meetups and that's how we kind of created our circle of friends. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then a few years later, going back, you know, telling those friends, I pull out my hair and I have this idea, can you help me build it? Or do you know someone? And that's kind of how we started is we just started sharing and it was, funny because I would tell people and people at my ad agency would be like would come up to me and whisper I pull my hair too or look at my nails I bite my nails and Mm -hmm. and so slowly starting to amass a group of friendly testers once we had something to actually actually play with Mm -hmm. um and then that's how we met our team just folks would just introduce us to people or send us to different events. Mm-hmm. And we were able to meet our team locally, just as passionate, uh, very serendipitously as well um, mm-hmm. to start building the product. And then we got into a hardware, oh, it's loading. <laughs> mm-hmm. it froze, I think. We're oh. good. I see you. It's freezing on me. Sorry, I should have gone to my office. We have terrible internet at home. That's okay. We just started jamming night. And it started working. It started, um, it started helping me. Like these janky prototypes where it was a slap bracelet and just the, the chip exposed. And, you know, I had to take it off before I washed my hands and things like that to make sure it didn't get wet and stuff mm-hmm. like that um but it was kind of working and i was manually tracking every time it vibrated and saying okay that was a false alarm or oh i'm pulling and trying to you know do what the doctors mm-hmm. tell us to do which you can't mm-hmm. do unless you you know what's happening and every time it would vibrate i'd write down the time i'd write down what happened and i'd write down kind of what i was doing or the mental state i was in and that's when i was slowly starting to figure out my triggers which i mentioned earlier stress was the big one working late at night that kind of thing so we just kind of kept pushing nights and weekends and then in 2016 we got into a hardware accelerator program which was the the moment it was 3 months in shenzhen china where we couldn't take leave from our jobs it was we had to quit our jobs to go do this and so that was the moment for us where we said we got to we got to at least try we got to make this mm-hmm. happen and so that's what we did. And then we, we took that opportunity to really take the prototype design and make it something that people would actually want to wear, that it would look nice um, and that it would work and found through that program met our manufacturing partners. At that point, my son was three years old. And so we found an English speaking daycare for him and we'd drop him off and pick him up and, did what we had to do to make it happen. Um, mm-hmm. And by that point, we also had um, met with TLC Body Fo- TLC Foundation for Body Focused Repetitive Behaviors. We had gone to our first conference and people were just so excited, even with these 3D printed prototypes, they were ready to take them home. And we were like, mm-hmm. no, 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 we're going to go make them for real, like <laughs> stick with us. Mm-hmm. And, and they stuck with us. And it 
you know, it was a super, super incredible moment to be able to, especially for those first few customers, which we call Keen family, to, to have mm-hmm. met them, to know their names, to be friends with them on Facebook, like to really mm-hmm. truly build that community, which is something that I want to keep doing as we grow. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people come to us and they see us as a company, but really want them to understand where we started why we started and that we we I want to know everybody's name I, I know it's not 100% feasible but but by being in the community that's what I really want to know I want to know your name I want to know how we can help you and and really get people to a place where they feel mentally secure in their ability to control these behaviors mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between the first Keen and the second Keen? And then I know they're both available on your website. Yep. Um, so if you want, just for the people watching, to tell the difference between them and see which one they want to choose. Yeah, totally. So the first, the original Keen is really um, based on this hypothesis that you can change your behavior if you know what's happening. And so you train the device during an in-app process for the specific behavior that you do. And then it sends a vibration and that mm-hmm. vibration shifts it from the subconscious to the conscious. And with that vibration, that is the cue to take care of yourself. And then the app comes with, you know, some minimal tracking. So that was the first version that we put out in 2017. And then from then through basically today, we're, we're going to start shipping next week. So Keen 2 is the, the culmination. That's what I'm wearing right now. And this is a synthesis of customer feedback from the last few years of being in market, as well as working with Dr. Doug Woods, who is on the TLC Foundation for Body Focus Repetitive Behavior Scientific Advisory Board, and Mm -hmm. is a renowned trichotillomania researcher at the University of Marquette, Marquette University, sorry, in Wisconsin. Um, Through that work, work researching with him we've been able to digitize habit reversal training which is one of the gold standard trusted um, treatment processes that clinicians use so the the bracelet from a customer standpoint folks asked for it to be able to tell the time so you can just see there that i flipped my wrist and now it tells told me the time it's upside down for y'all um it, it all, a lot of folks also wanted it to be able to track steps so that they didn't feel like they were lying when they told a friend, oh, it's my step tracker. So we've added that component as well. Um, a lot of folks wanted it to be waterproof so that they could wear it in the shower. So through our production process, we got word, I think about three weeks ago that it is they they you know did the waterproofing test and it's it is showerproof so that because we understood that that was a triggering uh, space for people mm-hmm. those were kind of the top three if I remember um, customer requests mm-hmm. and then on the NIH side on the the program what we also learned was awareness wasn't enough so the vibration is one thing and a lot of people had the ability to say, okay, if Keen vibrates, I'm going to do something else. But for a lot of folks, they still need a system that helps them practice that, helps them build that muscle, that strength to choose. And so the habit reversal training is an in-app add-on that you can use that gamifies 
that gamifies the habit reversal training process. So habit reversal training is three components. It is awareness training, which we, the um, exercises for that include actually describing your behavior. So mm -hmm. stepping out of judgment and mm -hmm. actually actually looking at it more from a scientific point of view of what's happening when you're pulling or picking. And then the other part of awareness training is actually playing a game called beat keen. So after you've done kind of the regular original keen awareness training, then you play this game to prove your awareness. So you actually will, will when you hit enable on the beat keen mode, the vibration is delayed to give you time to say, oh, I know I'm doing my behavior and to push the button on the bracelet. And then we track that in the app to say, okay, you're, you're beating keen. Mm -hmm. And then the second part of habit reversal training is competing response training. And typically a com good competing response is something you can do that inhibits or blocks the, the behavior, the unwanted behavior. Uh, mm -hmm. that doesn't require using something else. So like fidgets and things like that, because you want to mm -hmm. be able to do it no matter what time of day or where you are. And sometimes you don't have the, those other tools around mm -hmm. and um, just something easy that you can do. And so for the competing response training, that's another wrist-based movement that we've programmed into the bracelet so that you can, again, we can, again, track when you're engaging your competing response instead of your unwanted behavior. And again, you can see that kind of in this beautifully designed dashboard. Mm. And then the third part of habit reversal training is support training. And we do that through some in-app, so not in-app, but some push notifications, just mm. daily push notifications that just put a smile on your face and hopefully a little pat on the back kind of thing, as well as some in-app videos that kind of just help you start thinking about it in a new way, shifting your mindset. And so that's really, you know, Keen 2 is really what we always wanted to build, but we couldn't do it without the process that we had to go through of mm -hmm. building the first version, making sure it worked for people, seeing the gaps, working with professionals to come up mm -hmm. with this solution. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. Like I literally cannot wait for mine, but I, you know, it's just amazing to hear all of that because, you know, you went from not telling anyone at all, not even your husband to helping so many people. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. I can, I mean, if someone told me and when I was 12 years old that, oh, that thing that you're hiding is going to be the thing that, that, you know, becomes a thing you do or that 80,000 people are going to see your TED video or mm -hmm. I would have, I would have just laughed in their face because it is, it is just, I don't know. I'm just in awe of the serendipity, the doors opening, just mm -hmm. everything. You know, I was talking with Christina Pearson, the founder of what is now TLC BFRB and she had been saying, that for the years that she's been doing this, people have been talking about a device. Mm -hmm. And so it's not, you know, it's not that, yes, it came to us, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not that it wasn't uh, out there already. And I don't know if you've ever read this, the book, the, um, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. She, mm -hmm. she also read Eat, Pray, Love. Okay, I've read that. Yeah, so, but in this book, she talks about how the universe kind of plants these seeds all over and mm -hmm. then 
just sort of you see which which tree grows if you will and so it's been really phenomenal i've been really blessed and grateful that doors have opened the right people have come to help us and be around us to to support us in this and, and that's a lot of a testament to the community seeing what we're doing and and rallying around us and being patient especially during pre-order timings um, and understanding that we're putting our heart and soul into this because we feel it so bad, the pain that you're going through. Mm -hmm. So thank you for all of you watching for your patience and your love and your kindness and, and those moments of pep talks that you've given us. Like this is, it truly is a joy and a blessing and an honor to be able to do this as my life's work. Um, mm -hmm. I'm very grateful for it. It's wonderful. Can I ask you how you wear your keen? So do you wear it all day, every day to sleep in the shower? What is kind of your, the way that you wear it? Yeah. So with keen one, I would wear it every single day, charge it by mic, um, iPhone every single day and um, just put it on every morning. And to be honest, I stopped wearing it probably two years ago. I had gotten to the point where I basically just wear it for show and for discussions like this, um, a lot of testing right now. So I'm wearing it a lot, but I know as soon as my hands are up here, which is like my danger zone. Mm -hmm. um, and I know the, the process I need to go through to make sure that my hands are not doing that. Usually even now water has been my main go-to during the day. So I have like a big, tall bottle of water that I fill up every morning, put next to my backpack um, and take with me to work or, you know, put on my office, my home office desk. And it's just amazing to see that that is now the automatic movement. Mm -hmm. Not, not this, like I'm going, I'm reaching for my water every time I'm in, in sort of a, a shaky state, if you will. Right. So I've trained my brain to go for that. And then the other big trigger for me, which like I said before, without Keen, I would not have known or realized, even though looking back, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. Is late at night, in the dark, on the couch, watching TV and working at like two in the morning. In those moments, as soon as I start and I start seeing a few hairs, you know, fall on my keyboard, I'm like, nope, going to bed. Mm -hmm. It can wait. It can wait. And looking back as a kid, that's exactly what I would do. We didn't have computers back then, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I would be up reading a book or writing in my journal and pulling. Mm -hmm. And it just never clicked for me that that was a, a danger time for me. But now I know, and now it, it also may be age where I can't stay up that late anymore. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm like ready, I'm beat by 10, 30, 11. I'm like, okay, I'm going to bed. So. You know, your lifestyle changes. I started drinking a lot of water. I started exercising more. I started, because I'm drinking more, you know, I'm getting up more to go to the bathroom. So I'm getting more walks in, more steps in. And that's kind of how we see a lot of, you know, I said a lot of folks wanted a step tracker. Well, we can, we can count your steps, but we don't, we don't consider it a step tracker. We want you to actually look at it as a strategy. So mm -hmm. to calm your hands, move your feet. If you start getting too many vibrations, just get up and take a walk around your office or a walk around your living room or whatever it may be mm -hmm. to get your steps in and to reset that energy. Mm -hmm. But that's basically been my process is wear it every day, 
listen to it as much as I could. And in the beginning, it was hard, but it gets easier and easier the more you practice, just like, you know, your jump shot, <laughs> if you will. Um, and then that, that's basically been it. And then, you know, even through COVID, it was really weird. I didn't start pulling until last year with COVID. Everyone had so much anxiety and so much uncertainty over what lockdown meant and what it meant to even have this new, you know, virus floating around and going to the grocery store and wiping everything down, like just everyone on high alert, right? And so of course your hands are gonna get more um agitated and, and mm-hmm. restless. Uh but for me it didn't didn't start until May when George Floyd was murdered that was the moment for that was the time when I was like, I can't handle all what's happening in my home. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's when I put my cane back on because I needed something. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of it is you use it, you learn from it, you train, you train for it. And then you put it away if you don't need it. Or I see people will, you know, pass it on to someone else, which I love. And if that's happened to you, we are still here for you. We want to help you make sure it's set up for success. Or you keep it in a drawer for the day that you need it. Because these are chronic conditions. These are things that we have to learn to manage. But there's still that pathway in the brain that something can flip the switch Mm -hmm. back, right? And Mm -hmm. so, and so for me, that was the moment and I put my keens back on and kind of got back right on track as I retrained the brain again to, to mm-hmm. go for the water and to take care of myself and to, um, you know, just kind of recognize that stuff's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that we have to let ourselves um, be taken by it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, let's talk about the, your TED Talk. So yeah. 81,000 views and hundreds of people there. What was that that journey to getting onto that stage on that red dot? What yeah. Talk to us about that. It's amazing. Yeah, so that's kind of where I, I, I um, just a huge testament to the Minneapolis community, the startup community here. And like I said before, the doors opening. So to really understand how I got to the red dot, we have to go back like even a year prior, which was 2018 here in Minneapolis um, in Minnesota, there is a competition called the Minnesota cup, which mm-hmm. is a, the largest statewide startup competition in the U S. And so hundreds of startups apply in nine or so different categories and it's whittled down to the top three. And in 2018, we were the grand prize winner of that event. And it was so amazing and so awesome and opened so many doors, which was then the next door that led to TED, the TED Talk, which was um, applying for and winning another um, another challenge in the Twin Cities. And one of the judges on this challenge, it was called the, the Mita uh sorry it's called Meta, the metropolitan economic development association so they are a local organization that helps uh small businesses from uh black and brown founders essentially so um 
So through this program, we won that challenge. And one of the judges was a advisor to the organization that puts on Ted Fargo, Mm -hmm. which is where this event was. And she suggested to them that I speak there. And so that's what I mean by the doors just kind of kept opening. And it's cool because in in 2000 in 2018 I think it was I put TEDx Minneapolis the logo on my vision board Ooh. as like something I wanted to accomplish something I wanted to do and it just it, you know it just happened in a slightly different way but it was 2000 people in this huge um you know auditorium where like they play the basketball games or the hockey games whatever some sport <laughs> and it was so many people it was an amazing weekend there were so many phenomenal speakers there oh my gosh someone saw me speaking Fargo hi that is so cool it's such an amazing city and to be even connected with the organization there it's called Emerging Prairie which is another sort of startup uh, organization there just seeing what they're doing and you know, bringing some of it back here, sharing ideas, that that was it. Like, that's how it happened. And even then, you know, the, the founder of that, I talked with him. And I'm like, I'm not really sure. Like, is now the right time? And he's just like, you know what? You're doing this. <laughs> like, he didn't even really give me uh, a chance. He's like, you're doing this. I've heard really great things about what you're doing. And you have to be there. And mm-hmm. Uh, that was it like we you know you can't say no to these opportunities to these moments like Mm -hmm. it was just phenomenal to be able to share the story and again people would come up to me and say I have a friend or I do this or it's you know it was just it was just incredible Mm -hmm. it was yeah 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 I was like getting emotional during your video (laughs) you know (laughs) watched it a few times I'm just like oh my gosh like you know hearing from you I never told anyone and then now thousands of people all the I just you know I mean it's such an inspiration for me for I'm sure other people with BFRBs to see you come out and then just help everybody too just saying your story which is helping and then also creating this product that is changing the game for everybody so Yeah, I mean, I couldn't even keep it together when I was telling telling my story on stage. It was just, I wish I could have taken a picture of what I saw because it was, you know, almost darkness. All the lights are on you and you could just see a few faces in the front and, and it's scary because there's so many people and as many times as you rehearse it, I totally, if you watch it, you can see I totally got stage fright a little bit and emotional telling the hard parts of my story but also it was one of those things like it was on my vision board because I knew it needed to be done for the community Mm -hmm. I knew it needed to be said that all we want is to be seen all we want is to stop hearing just stop all we want is to be recognized that this is a thing and Mm -hmm. that we deserve help in the same way that someone that has cancer or diabetes or, you know, a physical health condition that you can kind of actually, you know, mm-hmm. maybe not see, but can understand, right? That's all I wanted was to be able to say. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that came, and obviously it came across because so many people are sharing it and mm-hmm. watching it and all the comments in there. Every now and again, I go in and try to, try to, you know, comment back and, 
say mm -hmm. thank you for watching and yeah it just feels good to also just remind people with the condition like this does not define you and the people around you are the ones that need to change not you right, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. definitely yeah so now that your you know your life's work is trichotillomania how has your trichotillomania evolved maybe your relationship with it and also like actually how how has it been yeah, so relationship with it is that understanding that when my hands are here, it's time to take care of me, mm. that, that something is happening, that I'm nervous, I'm a nervous ball of energy. Um, also, what I didn't realize growing up is that I've had anxiety my whole life, and mm. the trick was the thing covering it. So once I took control of the physical behavior of hair pulling, it was like, <laughs> in terms of like the anxiety coming out right because that was my mechanism for taking control of the anxiety so then I had mm -hmm. to work on that the, the anxiety piece which is still new to me which is still something I'm working through um mm -hmm. but I'm doing that through exercise I'm doing that still through drinking water like a lot of the same strategies that I can use to manage my trick I can use to manage my anxiety and a lot more writing of like why mm -hmm. why is my thought going there what does this mean? Like, okay, why? Okay, why? Okay, why? And like trying to get to the core of the fear. And then basically then the balloon kind of deflates because it's like you get to that core and it's like, okay, well, that's not really true. Or, okay, if it happens, you know, this, this, and this are going to happen also. Like, you know, and it kind of helps dissipate the anxiety. Um, so my relationship with Trick is understanding that it's there for a reason Mm -hmm. And that reason is to tell me to do something else, not to engage mm -hmm. in that behavior. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I like to say that I'm 95%. I'm, I mean, that's just a number I, I don't actually know, but it's about 95% mm -hmm. pull free. I don't believe in pull free. It's all about pull less to me. Mm -hmm. And I believe, you know, I'm in recovery. I don't like the word cure, but. I, mm. I feel like good about my relationship with my, with my trick that mm. I've understood my triggers. I've, I understood, stand the why behind it. And I understand what to do instead. And I still pull a little bit mm. and that's okay because what I don't have anymore is the shame around it. Mm. Is that, that feeling that, Oh, is, Samir going to see that there's a little gap here or, you know, and, or, oh, Anila, you, you, you're, you suck, you messed up, you pulled, right? Mm -hmm. I don't feel that anymore. And that shattering the shame is a lot of the battle. Mm -hmm. I don't know what percentage of it is, is <laughs> but a lot of it is the shame. Mm -hmm. When you can say, this doesn't bother me anymore when I do that. Mm -hmm. that it's okay, that okay, I just did that, let me grab my water, let mm -hmm. me under try to understand the agitation that I may be feeling in my pain, in the, or, you know, the pain in my back that I may be feeling, mm -hmm. when you, that to me is, is recovery, so that's where I am, where I still pull a little bit, I think I pulled last night after the verdict came in, because I mm -hmm. just was so, just out of it, you know, I mean, so grateful and thankful, but oh my God, there's still so much work to do. And just 
again, the anxiety, like, of mm-hmm. all of that. But I pulled a little bit, and then I said, okay, well, maybe I should just go to sleep now, or why don't I write in my journal, or mm-hmm. let me do, you know, last night I chose to do a, a sleep meditation and went to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just making sure that your toolbox has a lot of different options mm-hmm. and remembering that what worked for you last year may be right for you today and what works, you know, and, mm-hmm. and to kind of keep things in play because you never know what may change about you or what may change about the trick or the behavior or your brain that mm-hmm. something that worked before or that didn't work before may work, you know. The, the everything kind of has to match up like it's got to be the right time the right place the right um you know the right environment like going to sleep <laughs> at work not an option <laughs> but if it's it's late night it's the best option mm-hmm. right or you know you may not be able to get up while your teacher is talking because you'll probably get sent you know you probably get thrown out of the room but mm-hmm. is there something else you can do instead Maybe you're not allowed to have fidget toys, but can you still keep those in your backpack for when you're in the lunchroom, right? Things like that where you kind of have to build that toolkit, test out what works in the right places, um, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I want to talk more about the idea that um, it's not pull free, it's pull less. I have a similar... Um, opinion. You know, I don't love the idea of like putting that pressure of being pull free on myself. Um, but can, will you speak more about that? Yeah, that's basically where it came from, where to me, it was the perfectionist mentality that I have, mm-hmm. you know, like I grew up, which I don't really understand why, but I grew up with this feeling that I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. And so I worked really hard to be really good <laughs> at things, mm-hmm. mostly academic. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like everything needed to be perfect uh, in, in, you know, in certain things that I chose as important, they needed to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And if it, if I wasn't going to be perfect at it, I wasn't going to do it. Um, and then the pulling fed this idea that I'm not good enough. And if I'm not good enough, then I'm not good enough to do this. I'm not good enough to do that. Uh, and so like, you know, kind of just denying myself those options and adventures and experiences. And so it kind of clicked for me in using Keen, this idea of pull free. You know, a lot of folks in these online groups will say, I'm pull free for 100 days, I'm pull free for, and kind of tally it up. And then all of a sudden, either you wouldn't hear from them again, or sometime you'd hear back and that streak would be gone. Mm -hmm. Right? And it's wonderful when you're on the rise, but then it just felt so devastating seeing these folks then share, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And it's so it was that perfection of like, oh, I got to get that hair. Oh, this one's in the wrong place. Oh, this one's growing weird. Or, mm-hmm. Right? So that perfection that fed the pulling and also fed the negative self-speak and, and to just say, okay, well, what if I just put that aside for a bit and just work on less. Mm -hmm. If it's a hundred today, can it be 50 tomorrow? Can it be, you know, 50 next week? Can it be five the next week? Can it be a few? Mm -hmm. Can it be, you know, can I go, you know, I can go days without it. And then 
something happens and I have I pull a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it and I think that also ties to the shame aspect too of like I can pull right now on camera and say, it's okay, it's one hair. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do right by myself. Mm-hmm. Right? I can I can I still have time to do right by myself. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, Oh, well it's one hair, well let me just pull it all out now. Right. right? That mentality of that all or nothing mentality, I think just it wasn't mm-hmm. good for me. And for some people it works. For some people it works and right on, like that's the thing is recovery is how we define it for ourselves success is what we define it for ourselves so i feel i'm in a a phase of success Mm -hmm. but for someone else they may not they may still want to be completely 100 percent polar pick or nail biting free and right on that strength like if you can garner that strength more power to you Mm -hmm. it's not something i have in me so i Mm want to give myself that grace of space you know, we don't know when another COVID's gonna happen. We don't know when another anything is gonna happen. We need to be ready, mm-hmm. and we need to give ourselves that space, that grace to say, okay, this is our behavior. At least for me, mine is tied to my anxiety, right? My anxiety mm-hmm. is tied to what's happening in the world. <laughs> so, you know, if if it's if it's not going good in the world, which on any given day it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, it, or maybe it is, maybe I'm reading the wrong newspapers. <laughs> maybe I re- need to read more good news movement type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like it, anything can happen. And so it's just, it's all, it's all a mental game. And mm-hmm. to take care of yourself, for, for me, I had to take care of myself by saying, pull less, not pull free. That perfection was just too much to bear too much burden to bear just like the secret was too much burden to bear just like the shame was too much burden to bear mm-hmm. you start releasing all that stuff and the trick starts to kind of quiet down because you're not giving it power mm-hmm. yeah and it definitely does feed into that negative cycle of like oh i can't believe i did this now i'm going to do it like way more because you're no. giving that. yeah yeah oh. ellen from our team has this beautiful analogy um where she says you know if you if you stumble down a flight of stairs, what are you going to do? You're not going to throw yourself down the rest, right? You're going to grab the railing. And so it's the same thing with hair pulling. If you pull a few, don't throw yourself down the stairs and pull the rest out. Mm-hmm. Grab the railing. Grab your fidget. Grab your bottle of water. Grab a deep breath, right? And mm-hmm. take back control. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, maybe you stumbled a little. And we're imperfect, but you have that opportunity to practice and to get mm-hmm. back on track. Yes, progress, not perfection, or as I say, practice makes progress, um, mm-hmm. which is another good one. Um, and definitely, yeah, it's more about, you know, progress is also not linear. So it's that up and down cycle and, and recognizing that, like, that's not perfect. You can't be perfect mm-hmm. if, if progress itself is is not is you know a jumble right and i'm so happy to hear you say you know hey i pull sometimes and like that's okay that's what i'm gonna do that's and and that's what i've defined for myself that i'm aware enough that it's no longer a full eyebrow that it's a few Mm -hmm. i'm not actually pulling right now i'm just i just keep (laughs) doing the behavior um that it's like a few and then i stop and then i i do 
do right by myself. Mm-hmm. Whether it's go to sleep or do a meditation or read a book or doodle on the side of the book and not actually read the book, like, you know, whatever it is, right? In that moment of, I need, I need my hands to, you know, be calm. I do a lot of prayer. Mm-hmm. I just lay in bed and say some chants or um, different things like that that help keep me uh, in like a, a calmer state of. Mm-hmm nervousness still nervous but conversation nervousness. <laughs> mm-hmm. what advice would you give someone who is at that that moment where they're thinking about sharing their trick with someone yeah i mean i think the the best advice is to decide on that person that you want to share with like make sure it's someone that you feel safe with someone that um you know is not gonna reject you because I think that's one of the fears is that mm-hmm. ew that's gross like I hid from my husband because I didn't want him to say that's messed up here's mm-hmm. the divorce papers right mm-hmm. like that was my anxious thinking going but I think you want to make sure that you're talking with someone that you feel safe with or someone that has maybe shared something with you um someone that can be kind of a coping buddy, an accountability buddy, a compassion buddy. Uh, and, and maybe that's a parent. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a teacher. Maybe it's a best friend. Maybe it's a counselor. You know, it's just someone that you feel like if I tell them this, they are going to still accept me for who I am. Because not everyone is. Sadly, not everyone can do that yet. It's, hopefully people are working on that but um but you know you have to you have to also i think we have built walls around ourselves so we do have to knock them down a little bit mm-hmm. and maybe we will hear oh just stop or ew that's gross but we have to remember that that judgment does not count against us it counts against the other person mm-hmm. right and another thing to do maybe to write down what you want to say um Another another thing to do is, you know, to maybe having written it down, having kind of your notes, also make sure that that person is in a, a state of mind where they're ready to receive what you have to say. So, hey, mom and dad, I have something to tell you. I just want to, you know, let me know when you're ready for this. I just want you to be able to meet me in a place of compassion. So if you're still like thinking about work or, you know, have to get the dishes done or whatever it is like take care of what you need to and then let me know when you're ready for me right like that kind of thing where that way you're setting themselves up you're setting them up to want to receive like give them what tell them what you want right i need you to be in a place of compassion so if you're not feeling it right now or if you're low energy or you're exhausted we can do it another time Mm -hmm. but that way you're giving them a little bit of a clue of what you need from them. And even with your behavior, a lot of parents will come to us and say, I can't get my kid to stop. Or how do I get my child to stop? Or um, it's not, it's not your journey. It's not for you to stop. It's for them to want to stop. And then for you to work with them, to create a plan, let them, let them lead ask them how they want to come to us and say, how do I get them to stop? Ask your (laughs) child, what would you like me to do? Would you Mm -hmm. like me to gently grab your hand? Would you like me to, 
you know, th throw a crumpled ball of paper at you? Probably not. Would you like me to just say your name and smile? Would you like me to hand you a fidget toy? Like, ask them what they would want. And in the same way, when you're telling someone about these behaviors, tell them what, what you want them to, how you want them to react. Mm -hmm. Right? I, I need you in a place of compassion right now. I need you in a place of empathy. I need you in a place of support. Mm -hmm. And if they can't do that in that moment, give them the out and say, if not, if not right now is not the right time, let me know when it is. Mm -hmm. And if it's never the right time, then you know that's not your safe person also, right? Mm -hmm. If they can never find time to give you what you need, uh, mm -hmm. you need to find someone that can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. I really love having that, um, that dialogue, because sometimes it's like, I kind of just want to blurt things out, or, you know, you just feel like this is the moment, but actually being able to say, okay, I need you to react in a certain way. So I'm going to give you that time to. Yeah. And help. this is, this is honestly learned only in working with my husband on, on Habit Aware. It's, it's really learned through him more than like how to talk to people about BFRBs, because mm -hmm sometimes I would just like blurt out stuff to him about <laughs> what and he's just like uh it's 10 30 at night and I was about to go to sleep and now I can't thanks and I'm like oh crap sorry <laughs> like you know I'm putting it on him right and so now now I'm training myself smears is, is now a good time to talk right mm -hmm. and then he knows that I want to talk about something that is worrying me mm -hmm. or bothering me or whatever and sometimes he'll just be like He'll look at the time and he'll be like, nope, let's do it in the morning, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which respect, right? Like he wants to take care of himself too. And that's totally mm -hmm. fine. Like that makes sense. Like, so that's, that's where I learned it from is mm -hmm. anything you want to talk to someone about that's bothering you or that you need help with in, in like a kind of this sort of heavy-ish way, mm -hmm. make sure they're ready for it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, Cause then they won't be able to sleep at night or then they won't, they'll be, they'll be up all night trying to Google around, trying to figure it out. And maybe that's something you should be doing together. And so finding the right time, I think is really important and the right mindset, the right mentality for both of the people involved that you're talking, like the person sharing and the person receiving mm -hmm. the information. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been such a wonderful conversation with you. Is there anything else you would like to say before we wrap up? Oh my gosh, I could keep talking. <laughs> this has been phenomenal. First, I want to thank you so much for reaching out and, you know, inviting me to the show um, and just to be part of, you know, what you're doing is so fabulous in sharing folks' stories and shattering that shame, raising awareness. I think the more people uh, that can show that they're comfortable in talking about these things, I think that inspires the folks on the other end to say, I can get comfortable talking about these things. And so you're doing phenomenal work and I want to thank you for that. And if I could put my phone down and clap, you can see it shaking. I'm giving you mad claps for that because it's, it's hard work to do what you do and to arrange these, these, you know, spoken word calls and get the community excited about them and talking about them and, and joining. And it's really important work. So thank you. Thank you very much. And it has been a joy to just be able to share a bit of my story and how we got to where we are today. Um, 
Keentu is starting to ship next week, and we would love to have more people in our Keen family. Uh, I mean, in all honesty, if you're on our newsletter, which I hope you will sign up for if you if you are not, or you're following our Instagram, or you have our bracelet, um, you are Keen family to us. And like I said, somewhere during this conversation, I want to know your names. I want to be able to follow your journeys um, to be, you know, be a support pillar however I can. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, I guess that's it. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I will be messaging you once I get mine. I'll probably message you before that, but once I get mine, I'm going to be like, <gasps> you know, awesome. a bunch of videos and everything. <laughs> so, so, so excited. Thank you so much. Um, we're, we're super excited. Got a lot more in store, and the beauty is, the app is not is like we have more coming to help people shift their mindset, build these strategies, um, you know, practice uh, a lot of what we preach in terms of gratitude and um, healthier coping strategies and things like that. So we're super excited for what we're what we're building and how it can help people. Yeah, well, I'm so excited. All right. Well, thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful thank evening. You. You too. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.